The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Friday, folks. We made it to the end of another week of fantasy basketball. I frankly can't believe we've done it. This is the 16th week of the season. Many of your leagues will probably list it as week 15 because of the combination all-star break. But we are 16 weeks into the NBA season, almost four months deep in a five-month year. We're actually we're, we're coming down the stretch here, folks. I think it's only a 19-week season in uh no that's not a 20 week season in total I think it's a 20 week season right now so we're getting real close to playoffs and head-to-head leagues in fact many of you may have started them I think a lot of them went to the end of the year this season and I know silly season all that stuff most years I do advocate chopping it off 10 days early you get rid of that last weirdo week and a half but because it actually ends on a Sunday this year and because we only had 72 games to begin with I'm okay with it going to the end of the year. You've got my blessing, if that's what you chose to do. I did in one of my head-to-head leagues. I just I figured the season was so short already. Anyway, uh, good day to you all. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers, your host. And this podcast is a... Uh, where are we? <laughs> this podcast is a hoopball presentation. Hoop-ball.com, at hoopballfantasy on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Please do, by the way, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. I would very much appreciate it. Or, and something I've done for a very long time that for some reason I never mentioned here in the audio portion of the proceedings is that I put the link to my Twitter feed in the description of every podcast. If you hover over the name Dan, if you're looking at it on a, something that can properly display HTML, it would take you to my Twitter. And I think if you're looking at it on YouTube or something like that, it actually probably just has the link right next to my name. So you can do it that way too. I forgot about that. Please do rate and review the podcast. I'll keep pushing for that stuff. It's, it, it's so important to us to sort of... Uh, Fill the bucket. I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. Just fill the bucket with five-star reviews now. Any of you that have been listening throughout the season that have considered doing it, please do so. The podcast app on your mobile device or on iTunes. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show title. Scroll to the bottom on your phone, and that's where you can do the five-star review. It means a great deal to us because, again, when folks are then looking for their next fantasy fix we pop up near the top of the leaderboard. It helps. It really does. Every little bit helps. It's Friday, so we have a week in review portion of the podcast. Then we'll segue into a weekend preview where we look at every single team's next game on the board, which includes, what are we at, nine-gamer tonight? I think we got a nine-gamer tonight, and then we'll pivot through the weekend, so we'll knock out 18 of the 30 teams on Friday and just basically... What are we looking for? What are we watching for in each of these upcoming games? And there's a lot shaking out right now. The trees are blowing in the wind, and we just haven't seen what's fallen out of them yet. So let's dive straight into the week in review. Ads, drops, streamers, holds, all this stuff. We got big lists this week, so we're going to move through it at a slightly quicker pace. Although, with the caveat, that the biggest chunk of the list biggest two chunks are streamers and holds guys that I believe 
are valuable for a shorter term, usually tied to someone else being injured or other circumstances. And then holds, guys that we've gotten questions or Twitter has popped up with questions or I've seen them getting dropped to the waiver wire in fantasy leagues, guys that probably deserve a little bit more patience, if only because the ad guys right now, there just aren't that many, if any, from this last week that are rest-of-season-flavored ads for you to pick up out on the waiver wire. I'm sure I have some advertising to do at some point during the middle of the show, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, the ads from a week gone by, and they're not super compelling this week. Again, these are in no particular order. I just go through all the results of the entire week leading up to this show, and I write names down as I spot them. Usually things that we've talked about, either in passing or in detail on the previous four shows this week. But let's get going here. Duncan Robinson is the first man on my ads list. He's been trending up for more than just this last week, and he's more than likely on fantasy teams already. So I don't know that you can even go out and grab him. He was someone that probably stuck on rosters too long for the first three months of the year when he wasn't very good. And so... There just wasn't quite the opportunity to pick him up, but he's actually been inside the top 85 over the last month, and that's kind of where we were hoping he would be all season long. Four three-pointers a game, 14, three and a half, and two. Low turnovers, decent enough field goal percent to get four threes a game on a guy shooting 46 and change percent from the field. That is what we were hunting for. It just took him a long time to get there, where he was shooting, what, 42, 43% for most of the season, and now it's finally, finally, on the rise. Also of note, steals are slightly down for Robinson this year, despite playing more minutes per game, and turnovers have been up for Duncan this year. So there's just these few little things that were keeping him from quite getting to where we needed him to be, and now he's at last, at long last, finally there. I kept Tomas Sadoransky in the ads department because I'm still seeing him floating around on some waiver wires. He's another guy that's not going to blow the roof off the building with colossal upside, but he has been good enough. He's been startable quality here uh, for the a better part of a month now, basically since he got moved into the starting lineup. He's uh, top 105. He's number 104, actually, over the last month, which... Puts him as a ninth rounder. That's a guy that should be started in fantasy leagues. And he's at top 80 over the last two weeks where he's been on a little bit of a shooting heater. He had that game where Kobe White was out, so he was able to sort of push a little higher for a game. Uh, but, I mean, top 80, It's I, I get it. Two weeks is not the world's biggest sample size. But when your floor is like top 110, then, yeah, you should be getting used. There's an argument to be made that guys that put up his types of numbers fall more into the streamer category, where maybe you need that roster slot and you want to try to maximize games played on any given week. I'd be, really, I'd be surprised if he was the worst player on your team. If he is, you're either in a league that's too easy, you've been dominating, whatever, uh, then you, <laughs> you probably don't need to listen to this podcast as often as you are if Sato is the worst player on your team by actual ranking metrics. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about sort of an overall breadth of things. Yeah, I guess he could be, but it probably means you're doing pretty well. Let's, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Third name on the list is Isaiah Stewart. I, I, I've been, he's been hovering on the watch list for a while. I know he played bigger minutes on Thursday because Mason Plumley was out with a concussion, but he's been trending in the right direction anyway. 
They had that blowout loss in Denver. He played 28 minutes. Plumlee actually was the starter for that ball game. He only played 22 minutes in their blowout win over Oklahoma City the previous day. That was way back on Monday of this week. Plumlee didn't play in that ball game. We don't really know what the status is for Mason. He was questionable. He was a game-time call on Thursday, so he'll probably be back soon. But I, I get the feeling he's not planning on playing in back-to-backs. Detroit's got a couple more of those down the stretch. And so I think we've now moved into a situation where Stewart is seeing enough minutes to where even when Plumlee is in there, you're talking about probably like a top 150 sort of valuation for Bench Stewart because Bench Stewart is now getting up near 21, 22 minutes a game instead of 18 or 19. And then starter-level Stewart is obviously much better than that. And so it all levels out to something eh, probably just outside the top 100. This has been a particularly strong last week for him because Plumlee's missed two of those three games. And the one that he didn't miss was a blowout, so Isaiah got to close the game anyway. So his minutes have been sort of artificially inflated over the last three days. But they are on the rise. And so you might want to think about catching this one before it crests and lap up a whole bunch of rebounds and blocks and good field goal percent. The questions I have on Stewart is, and and we really don't have enough data to go on here, he's a 68% foul shooter on the season, very limited. I think he's taken, what, about 55 free throws all year. He missed his one foul shot in yesterday's game. He's five for his last eight at the free throw line, which puts you right on that marker. But apparently he's not taking all that many, so I guess that's something. I don't know. If that, if the free throw attempts go up, then that becomes a much bigger deal. Right now, because he's only really getting like one to two free throws when he gets starters minutes, then it's not pummeling you the way that someone who took three or four in that same measure of time would be. But he'll get you a bunch of blocks. He'll get you some steals. We'll definitely get you some rebounds. He's averaging six in under 20 minutes a game so far this year. So get him up to starters minutes, and you're talking double figures, probably. Eight eight to 11 would be the, the range you'd be looking at there. Uh, so I think this is one where we've been watching it for a while, kind of biding our time, and I think you can probably make the move. Pull the trigger on that one. Get him on your club, because it's trending that right direction. I just put Orlando as a team in the ads category of my list here, mostly because I want to talk about the entire team. Uh, So let's jump over that, and uh, let's talk about Kelly Olynyk and how great he's been and how irritated I am that after spending the entire year telling all of you guys that Kelly Olynyk should be able to cruise into top 100 value and him constantly doing just enough to get dropped... He's now basically been a top 30 fantasy guy in Houston. He's unbelievable. It probably won't stay quite that good. Like, he's basically, he's making 95% of his free throws in uh, in Houston now. And he's shooting close to 50% with two three-pointers a game. But here's the thing. This fantasy stat set had always been there. The issue was that he was buried behind some alphas. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler in Miami. When those guys were there, there just weren't opportunities for him to to go do stuff, and if you ever did something wrong, you got yanked. It's not going to happen in Houston. That's a terrible team. He's now one of the better offensive options on that club, and he's just, you know, he's having fun, working on a new contract. So just enjoy it at this point. You could sell him if you want, but I don't think I'd sell for anything less than a top 60 guy. He's top 60 the rest of the way, almost definitely. 
So all the Kelly Olynyk love finally coming back to roost. And meanwhile, playing in leagues with people that listen to the podcast, and I was too slow to get him back. Idiot, Bespris. LaMarcus Aldridge is in the ads list. He's probably already been added in your leagues, but I'll throw him in there anyway. In fact, he was a guy that probably wasn't even dropped all that much, but he's inside the top 100 with Brooklyn, and that'll probably stick going forward, even if his minutes aren't quite as high. It's just a good scenario to play along with guys that are going to get you wide open all the time. So he can go back to being a positive influence percentages guy. His blocks are eerily high at the moment. That probably doesn't keep up long-term. And the rebounding has been trending down for him for a few years in a row. But he'll get assists that he wasn't getting in San Antonio because, again, play with guys that are really, really good at basketball and, and scoring it. That'll pay off for you. So LaMarcus is in that list as well. But let's loop back around to Orlando because I think where we're at right now is that Chuma Okiki, Wendell Carter Jr., and Terrence Ross are the guys that belong in starting lineups in fantasy. Those guys seem pretty well locked in. I know Wendell Carter Jr.'s last ball game wasn't as impressive. Uh, he ended up splitting his minutes with Mo Bamba in that one. And there's a possibility that that does become a thing. And if it does, by the way, Bamba is on the watch list right now. Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton are the three guys, Bamba, Cole, and RJ, that are on my Orlando watch list. So things can shift pretty quickly, which is why I put Orlando in the ads category of our discussion for this Friday's show because they're really the homework team and Detroit Detroit is also a homework team Detroit because it's a pivot Orlando because they abandoned ship on everyone on their roster but either way those are teams that are on the homework list right now I want you watching every Pistons game and every Magic game to try to figure out who's going to get the minutes and the usage on any given night because if we find out that one of these other guys in Orlando clears that threshold let's say Mo Bamba takes the job away from Wendell Carter I don't see that happening because Bamba's been there for years and he hasn't really made any headway but let's say hypothetically it happens let's say that even turns into a 24 minute timeshare Bamba's an ad in 24 minutes and it's not really all that close shot blocking rebounding three-point shooting like Hell yeah, give me all of that. But he generally doesn't play enough minutes to get up and over that marker. What if Cole Anthony takes the starting point guard job away from Michael Carter Jr. and just runs with it? If he starts playing 31, 32 minutes a game. Well, he's an ad in points leagues if he hits about 28 minutes a game. Category leagues, yeah, you probably take a flyer on him at that point if he's playing 30. And RJ Hampton is a big fat I don't know because there's still an opportunity for him. And that's the same kind of thing with Cole Anthony. The guys in front of these dudes are not part of the future in Orlando. We're talking James Ennis, Dwayne Bacon, Michael Carter-Williams. Who cares? Those are not guys you build your team around. Those are uh, veteran or semi-veteran backups that are seeing bigger minutes because Orlando has no one left. The follow-up question to that that I'm sure is floating through your brains right now is, do I make the preemptive ad on Bamba, Cole Anthony, or RJ Hampton? And that's a little bit league-dependent, because you know better than I do who, how fast guys get scooped in your particular fantasy league. Uh, Cole Anthony is someone that I've seen picked up in a couple of mine. RJ and Bamba less so. I think because we've seen Cole Anthony play starters minutes earlier this year and he was a good points league option in them, people are like, oh, well, maybe we get back to this or a little bit better because 
no Vooch, no Gordon, no Fournier, presumably he would get more shots in a, if he's the starter now in this new-look Orlando offense, new-look Orlando roster. R.J. Hampton, I really think you can take a wait-and-see approach there because it's still not all that clear that his fantasy game would translate. And then with Mobamba, you could definitely take a wait-and-see approach because he's really almost ever put up two or three good games in a row. And it does seem like they want Wendell Carter Jr. to to be the guy. They want that piece coming back from Chicago to be the thing that they can show off now, polish it up and show it in the museum. But you never know. And Bamba's a guy who has that amazing fantasy stat set. Like, he can get there real fast. He's averaging 11 minutes a game this year. Uh, 12 now after that last ball game. Shooting 48% from the field, basically not taking any free throws. And in 11 minutes a game, he's over half a three-pointer. He's at four rebounds and a block. I know we don't, we're not going to do a per 36s thing here, but just take the fact that... Let's just look at Mo Bamba basically any time he's cleared 20 minutes. Like, in his career, pretty much. February 14th, this year, 2 points, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks, 23-minute game. Terrible shooting game, still did enough for fantasy value. 22 minutes on March the 26th, right after the trade deadline, 11-4 and four with a 3-pointer. No blocks in that game, oddly enough. So, okay, a little bit of a letdown there, but not terrible. And then the last ball game, 25 minutes, 19-8, and eight, 2 blocks of steal, 3 3-pointers. Three he's actually not that bad of a foul shooter. He really doesn't get to the line very often, uh, but he'll probably sit somewhere around 70% if things began to level off a little bit. And, and that's the thing. We're not looking at anything unusual here for Bamba. There hasn't been some big change to his game this year. He's probably a slightly better three-point shooter you know, every season that he plays. But we could do the same exercise last year. It's a similarly low number of times it happened. He played 20 minutes on January 26th of 2020. He had 10 and 4 with a steal, three blocks, and a three-pointer. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. I'm wondering if Vooch might have missed a game or two in November of last year. Anyway, three games in a row in November. Bamba cleared 20 minutes. November 23rd, 2019. 9 and 7, two blocks and a three-pointer. The following game... Two days later, six points, 12 boards, two steals, and three blocks. And the game after that, 23 minutes. Only one of these was really a blowout, by the way. 15 points, four boards, two blocks, five three-pointers. Get Bamba to 20. Maybe that's our hashtag for the day. So that's why I want you guys watching this really closely. Because even if this turns into a Wendell Carter Jr. 27, Bamba 21 split, that's actually enough. And then there's upside if he actually happens to turn that into more minutes played. I mean, you saw 25 minutes, and he had one of the best fantasy lines of the night on an eight-game card. Nine-game card. Wednesday was nine games. Excuse me. Now, again, you know, blowout part of it. Bamba playing well part of it. Being the guy that comes off the bench means that it's going to fluctuate. He'll have a game where he plays 16 and then a game where he plays 22. We got to get him to 20. I'm more interested in that than I am in Cole Anthony or who the hell else was I talking about? RJ Hampton here. So let's keep on moving. Uh, We always spend the most time talking about the ads. The drops of the week, I think you can probably put a whole bunch of Lakers on that list. You can wait and see because Kuz was out 
for the Thursday game in Miami, but I can't imagine he holds enough value with the rebounding now probably going away, given Andre Drummond is playing. Montrez Harrell's rebounding is going to go down. He probably falls outside the top 100. And then you're looking at basically Dennis Schroeder and waiting on LeBron and AD. And at that point, Schroeder no longer is a fantasy asset. Corey Joseph had a giant game yesterday. Revenge. Revenge. Corey Joseph revenge game against the Kings. He's a drop. That type of thing is was Dwayne Qua- Casey basically saying, hey man, go get him. They made you the villain. And admittedly, he wasn't very good in Sacramento, but he certainly wasn't the only problem. And so he was like, you know what? Boom. And then Delon Wright, the other side of that same trade. The trade that ruined poor Delon because Luke Walton is too damn stupid to actually play him more even when his team is getting waxed. What a terrible, what a terrible situation that team is. Holds. I want to go to holds. And a few of them are quite obvious, so, you know, tune it out if you hear a name that seems obvious. Chris Boucher needed to go on the holds list until yesterday. He exploded on Thursday night, but he'd been playing poorly. And I got a lot of should I drop questions on Twitter. And the answer was a resounding no. No. It's the same thing we've said that like every five or six weeks we have to make the same Chris Boucher disclaimer. I should just pre-record it and play it at the beginning of the podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Dan. Here to talk you off the ledge on Chris Boucher. Yeah, his minutes have been trending down. But just try to remember what's happened over the last five weeks. See, this is part of the disclaimer. It doesn't matter. It's any five weeks. It's the same thing. He plays a few big ball games. You get very excited that he's going to play 33 minutes a night. And then Nick Nurse gives him 16 minutes for the next three games in a row. It's going to keep happening. It's going to level off in the middle. And he's a startable fantasy asset that you just have to not worry about on the day-to-day. Disclaimer over. Moses Brown remains a hole despite his free throw shooting and actually lately the field goal percent kind of crushing you, but he's playing 30 minutes a night. He's a freak at like 7-3 with wingspan of a pterodactyl. So leave him in there. He's learning, man. He's young, burst onto the scene. Teams are kind of figuring him out a little bit now, but they're just, they're playing him. They're running him. They want to see what they've got. They want to see if he's going to be a part of their future, their centerpiece, quite literally, hold. I have Hamadou Diallo in the hold department, but that one's a bit more tenuous because he didn't play very many minutes, even in a non-back-to-back for Detroit, and his stat set doesn't actually equate to category leagues all that well. I've been on the fence with him. I called him an ad in all formats after it looked like he was trending into that 25 to 28-minute range. He's got to be up there. Otherwise, it's not close. But he's in the hold section here because I think we got to give him you got to give him another game or two. Detroit's got this back-to-back coming up, so that might actually serve to confuse more than illustrate, but you get my meaning. Ennis Cantor is a hold for now, while he and Yusuf Nurkic are splitting minutes. I really don't know what the plan is in Portland. Is Nurk going to get up to a high enough minute count in the next week, two weeks, three weeks? Presumably before playoff time, but for the moment, just don't pre-drop because Nurk already had to sit back out with knee soreness. And anytime he's out, Cantor is just an absolute monster. And even when he's in, Ennis has actually still been probably just ever so barely on the right side of the cut line. Joe Ingles is on my holds list. I know he's been trending down, uh, but you kind of had to assume that was going to come eventually. He was posting one of the best 
true shooting years in the history of the NBA, and I love Joe Ingles. We all do here at Hoop Ball, and probably across the world. He's a he's an NBA fan favorite, but he's never going to be the best shooter in the world for an entire season. So assume that this is basically that, some statistical regression. But uh, Jordan Clarkson sat out Thursday's game, and so he had a chance to do a little bit more. So I'm calling him a hold because he's just been kind of too good for this year to give up. Ricky Rubio is on the holds list. He's somehow still finding a way to carve out a little bit of value, even with D'Angelo Russell coming back. Now, this one could get moved off the holds chart pretty soon, but for the moment, he remains startable. Not much to add on that front, other than just keep a very close watch on it, but he still played close to 30 minutes, even with D'Lo playing 24 in that last one. Nerlens Noel is on my holds list. I know, I know, guys. He's easy to get frustrated with, but this is another one of those ones where you have to remind yourself why he's on your team to begin with. It's for the steals, the blocks, the field goal percent, and the fact that he doesn't ruin your free throw percent. He's not great down there, but he basically doesn't take any. He's shooting 60% on the year, a steal, two blocks, six rebounds in 23 minutes per game. He's going to probably play more than that on average. Taj Gibson behind him is going to steal some minutes every now and then, but for the most part, Nerlens is going to be in that 26 to 28 range, and that puts him inside the top 100. He probably profiles more as like a 75 range type of guy. So just, you know, accept the fact that there are going to be some games. Actually, like the game in Detroit, the Knicks blew him out. He didn't shoot. Played 24 minutes, didn't take a single shot. Six boards, and assist, two steals, four blocks. Still made it a very good game. Six defensive stats on a given night. I mean, think about that. A two-steal, four-block night. That is double what you need in the steals department and about five times what you'd need in the blocks department. Think about what that does for your team. League average scoring, or fantasy league average scoring, because we take out some of the lower-ranked guys. Fantasy league average scoring is about 15-ish. Uh, 16, call it 16 points per game. Okay, so Nerland's got you a zero. That means that somewhere else you need to find an extra 16 points. It's pretty doable. It's pretty doable. But who else is going to get you two steals and four blocks on a given night? And you don't even really bat an eye at it because he's done it so many times. As I said, four blocks, that's about five times what you need out of a single player. That's far more valuable than a goose egg in the scoring department. Hold, Nerlens Noel. Jay Sean Tate is in my holds list as well because it seems like the Rockets have kind of settled in on a starting five. And who's going to get the minutes now? John Wall's sitting out their ballgame tonight with injury maintenance stuff. It's a back-to-back for Houston, so that'll shift some bodies around a little bit. But when Wall is playing, it's Wall, Kevin Porter Jr., who, by the way, also on my holds list, uh, Jay Sean Tate, Kelly Olynyk, and Christian Wood. Those five guys playing starters minutes when they're all healthy, so you can trot them out there. So hold on, Tate. Hold on, Porter Jr. Hold on to Anthony Melton. We pivot over to the Grizzlies here. I'm, I'm, I, if, if he sits out for another game or two, you probably end up having to move on. He's... We've done too many speeches on this show about how good his fantasy stat set is. He's another one of those guys where you just sort of have to understand what you're going to get out of him. It's not going to be... You know, he's not going to have a week where he plays 27 minutes three games in a row. It's just not it's just not the way the Grizzlies operate. It's not the way that Taylor Jenkins operates with Melton. It's going to get a 22, then a 14, 
and then a 17, and then an 18, and then a 16, and then a 25, and then a 20, and then a 12. It's going to be all over the map, and it's going to average out to a top 100. Danilo Gallinari is on my holds list right now. I know that when we hear about him sitting out a game with soreness, that's a fat red flag because dude does not heal fast. And as the Hawks adding a guy like Lou Williams and then expecting to get DeAndre Hunter back at some point here in the not-too-distant future, yeah, there's going to be a squeeze getting put on Gallo. But you got to hold for now because John Collins is still out for another week or two. We still haven't seen Hunter or Reddish playing. And so if Gallo gets back... He'll play right now, and he is a massive positive impact guy in the free throw department. I mean, I, I get it. We're at a juncture now in the season where, you know, if you're first or second place in free throws, you probably don't need that, but a lot of teams do. He can actually, he can single-handedly move you up in that department. That's that's how important he is the foul line. He'll take four a game, and he'll pretty much just make them all. He'll, and he'll play three or four times a week, so just like slot in a 15 out of 16 at the free throw line at the end of your every week. And PJ Washington. Can't believe I had to put this dude on the holds list. I know he's been trending down lately, but his ceiling is extraordinarily high thanks to the steals, the blocks, the rebounds, the threes, the fact that he actually does get about two to three assists per game. He's in a cold spell. It's weird that we have to illustrate something like that. And I admit, early this season, I was a bit down on PJ because it seemed like they were going to play Bismack and Zeller at center and not give him the center minutes that they had seemingly kind of readied for him at the beginning of the season. Uh, Over the last month, he's shooting 37%. That's not going to hold. You know, I know he's not a great field goal percent guy, 42, 43, something like that, but 37 is not going to hold. And the other stuff is all right where it needs to be. 82% 82% free throw, one and a half threes, 10 and seven, two assists, almost a steal, block and a half. If you just adjust the field goal percent to 42 or 43 and bring the threes and the scoring with it, he jumps right back inside that top 80 discussion. I mean, that's all it is right now. So hold on PJ Washington. Streamers, we'll go through these much faster now because I want to get to the, the second part of the show here pretty soon. Streamers, Malachi Flynn in Toronto, as long as Freddie Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry are out. Isaiah Hartenstein in uh, Cleveland, as long as Jared Allen and Larry Nance Jr. are out. Kenrich Williams, Alexei Pokashevsky, and Theo Maladon in Oklahoma City, as long as, ahem, clears his throat, Ace Ventura style, deep breath. You know, overdoing it here for effect, but as long as Al Horford, who is not coming back, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis-Alexander are all sitting out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Four out of their five starters not playing. Maladon was really the only guy that was starting before any of this stuff went down, but Kenny Hustle, Ken Rich-Williams, he's been putting up some decent lines of late. Poku's been putting up some pretty good lines. Theo Maladon has been eh, but, you know, good enough particularly in a points format. And and you could make the argument that all of those guys really lean more towards the points side. But until we get an update on anybody coming back for the Thunder, you can more than likely just keep trotting them out. Bobby Portis, streamer while Giannis is out. Jay Rich is a streamer just because that's the level he's at. So use him when they've got a bunch of games in a row. Same with Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm going to drop Marcus Morris back into the stream category. It's not clear that he's going to get 12 shots every game, especially now with the Clippers continually adding bodies to the mix, although uh, 
sounds like Pat Beverly might be resting back-to-backs, and uh, Marcus Morris got ejected in that game yesterday, didn't he, right at the very end. The, the, the Clippers, Reggie Jackson ended up in the locker room, but I think he's expected to play in their next ball game. In any event, Marcus Morris played 30 minutes in their ball game yesterday, but only took eight shots. It was very Kawhi and Paul George heavy on the offense. I, I mean, if I think Marcus can probably hang on, but there's a, a, a certain set of limitations to his fantasy game. Over the last month, he's at number 150. Over the last couple weeks since he's been a starter, he's been more of like a 120 zone kind of guy. And that puts him close, but I think that probably puts him in streamer. Goga Batadze is a streamer. Might, maybe, you can get one more out of him tonight, but I got to think Sabonis is getting pretty close to coming back. I don't know about Miles Turner, though. Sounds like he's still a little ways away. Jeremy Lamb is a streamer if Malcolm Brogdon remains out. I know his minutes haven't been that high, but when he's been out there, he's been quite productive. James Johnson might not be a streamer by the time you listen to this. We're waiting on Brandon Ingram's status for the Pelicans ballgame coming up. Uh, once Ingram and Zion are both back, then Johnson is no longer worth streaming. Grayson Allen is a streamer while DeAnthony Melton is out. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a streamer while all of the Hawks are out. And probably hangs on as like one or two guys come back. But when all four guys come back, probably not anymore. But that one probably has a little bit more shelf life to it. He's, he's like a streamer plus. Miles Bridges is a streamer as well. Charlotte is missing a whole bunch of guys right now. I didn't put Jalen McDaniels in there. He's, he's more of a watch list type of guy for me because I'm still not sold that that can continue the rest of my watch list. Lowry Markinen to figure out what the hell his new role is in Chicago. Torian Prince, who's looked really good for Cleveland. Uh, I almost put him in the streamer department, but I just I feel like the wheels are set to come off. Killian Hayes is in my watch list right now. I thought about adding him. I did in a couple spots, but I'm bumping him back down a click because they're keeping him in those low 20s in minutes for now. But the Corey Joseph thing in Sacramento was sort of the... Uh, confabulator of that whole thing in that if he's not on revenge mode and they're bringing Kojo off the bench to play his 18 minutes instead, so take like 13, 14 minutes away from Corey Joseph, are those going to Killian Hayes? Are they going to Dennis Smith Jr., who didn't play together in that game in Sacramento? Those two guys were splitting the point guard minutes. So if that continues, then neither one of them gets over the hump. But if they decide, all right, you know what, we can play one of these dudes at the two for stretch, then that's why they're both now here for us on the watch list. Davis Bertans is on my watch list. He got added in a bunch of spots because of a couple of hot ball games, but to me it's about the minutes, that he's still stuck right around 20. Is that injury maintenance, or is that just how it's going to be? That's what we got to figure out before we can make a call either way on Davis. And Derek Rose is on my watch list. I'm seeing him dropped in a lot of spots and I'm not that surprised about it because he hasn't been good, and he hasn't been close to good since coming back from COVID. But I will continue to argue until the day I die that it's because of COVID. He's shooting 38% since coming back. With the volumes there, he's missing free throws. He just doesn't have any juice in his legs right now, and that's what we're hearing from these guys. Like, we're not getting enough air. Our legs are jelly. We're just not right for a while after coming back when they have it pretty bad the way Rose did. So keep him on your watch list. There's going to be a day where he turns the corner, and you're going to want to be the person there ready to scoop him. I created a new category for this Friday show called the Please No 
category, and I put just one name in there, and that name is Rajon Rondo, who had a big ball game on Thursday, 15-9 and with a steal, three rebounds, three three-pointers, but please no. That's all the analysis I will give on that one. Please no. And we probably missed our window to sell on Gary Trent Jr. after his mega clunker. What did he go, 2 for 15 or something last night was the final number on that one? 2 for 14? One rebound, one assist. This is exactly what we've been warning about since he got pushed into that starting lineup. He played 39 minutes in the game, so the minutes are there. And again, I think you can trust him in points leagues because you know this is the absolute worst-case scenario. He still got you, you know... Six points, a rebound, assist. He got you a couple of points. It's terrible. Make no mistake. It's terrible no matter what format you're in. But if you got this in a category league, sends a shiver down my spine. Guys, make sure to check out our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Baseball season is underway. And the boys over at the Hoop Ball Gaming Division are getting you plays. The Masters, by the way. You got Masters going on over at mybookie. Joe on our Hoopball Gaming staff has Masters plays every day. He had stuff to win, top 10, top 20, all that stuff when the the, uh, tourney started, when the Masters tournament began. And now he's got daily matchup props for you guys to get down on. So this is all a a big old package deal. Make sure to go to hoop-ball.com, check out the wager pass. It's just $9.99 a month. That's crazy, guys. You get like 10, 15, 20 plays every day. For $9.99 a month. That's $0.33. Cents. You get all those plays every day. And then take that info over to mybookie.ag. Open up an account using promo code HOOPBALL. It's on the third page of sign up. You will not see any kind of confirmation that it worked. Just make sure when you're signing up where it says, it's the, like, how did you hear about us page, basically. They have one of those. And in the promo code field, enter HOOPBALL. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. That's it. What it does is then when you make your first deposit... There are deposit bonuses you can choose to use if you like. Basically, treat it like this. If you're going to be betting for a while, use a deposit bonus because they have rollover requirements. If you're planning on dabbling, don't use one of the deposit bonuses. But either way, please do enter that code HOOPBALL at signup. That's a big part of the deal. Let's them know who sent you, and it unlocks those bonuses if you decide you do want to use them down the line. So do all that. And then tell me you did so, so I can give you a big old pat on the back. Big fat thank you, and maybe a small prize while we're at it. Maybe I got something for you. Maybe I'll help you make that first bet. Wink, wink, nod, nod. So that's our buddies over at mybookie.ag. I also want to remind you guys that you can still get on the HoopBall Fantasy Pass, which is our premium subscription. It's our in-season premium. And right now, easily, the most important part of it, the Discord access which is basically just chat room access to the HoopBall pros, myself included, for $4.99 a month. That's also at hoop-ball.com under the premium tab. Check out the wager, or the, excuse me, the fantasy pass here for $4.99 a month. Once you get in there, you're going to have to reach out to get your Discord invite. Uh, and when you do, then you can interact with me, with uh, Surio, Steve, Alan, the list goes on and on, all these incredible HoopBall pros. That can answer your fantasy team questions. This is a big time of year. Roto, you're trying to make your stat pivots head-to-head. You're trying to shore up for the playoffs and stream. Let the HoopBall pros help you. $4.99. It'll take you basically to the end of the season if you got it today. You got one month and one week. 
And I bet you'll love it, and I bet you'll do it again next time you need it, when it rolls around. Or maybe you just let it, let it ride, because it actually includes the DFS pass inside of it. Hopefully you guys will check some of that stuff out. Want to get all of you rolled up with us here on the Hoopball Premium side. All right, let's take a look at the weekend upcoming, because we are getting near the 40-minute mark of the podcast, and we all have things to do, he said, believing it himself. Indiana is at Orlando. Orlando, their permanent homework. We already talked about that, so I don't think I need to repeat myself. There's a lot of stuff that we're trying to shake out of the tree in Orlando. Indiana, it just comes down to injury information. Memphis, uh, same deal, waiting on Brandon Clark's status for this ballgame. He got upgraded from out to doubtful, which sometimes means guys are trending towards going, but I guess we'll find out a little bit later on today. New York, every game an opportunity for Derrick Rose to get a little bit closer to what we know he can do when healthy. Otherwise, not much. Minnesota, uh, D'Angelo Russell's minutes cap is something to monitor. Ricky Rubio, whether or not he can maintain his current role, also worth monitoring. Boston, kind of nothing. Chicago, what's Larry Markinen going to do going forward? Absolutely something to keep an eye on. Atlanta, this one really comes down to injury information because they got four key pieces out. Two of those four are questionable for this game. Although, I, nah, maybe just one. Might just be, I think it's Gallo's questionable. And then I think Collins... Reddish and Herder and Hunter, excuse me, are all out, I believe. Double check me on that, but uh oh, it's Capella. I can't believe I forgot about Clint Capella. He's also questionable. Atlanta's dealing with some stuff right now. Okongwa would be an interesting stream for that game. I should have put him on our streamer chart earlier in the show. Apologies. We'll add him now. Retroactive. Philly, nothing. New Orleans, just Brandon Ingram's health. That's all you're watching in that situation. That team falling apart at the seams. They're not getting as much coverage for falling apart at the seams as the Kings do. They're both, they both have been bad. Maybe because New Orleans is missing some guys. Charlotte. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess you can watch Jalen McDaniels out there. He's something to monitor. Cody Zeller, I think, is something to monitor. They may be forced to just ram 28 minutes of center action upon him and go a little bigger. We'll see. We'll see if they go a little bit bigger. I mean, going small when you're not as skilled as they were with Hayward and LaMelo on the floor feels like you're asking for trouble. I get it. You can use P.J. Washington in those lineups because it's floor spacing. You get a ton of offense. You can run. But you suffer on defense. Now you run that small lineup. The other guys on the floor, Terry Rozier is solid. Devontae Graham is fine. But then you're talking about Miles Bridges, Jalen McDaniels. Are these guys really going to be able to carry enough on offense to cover up what you lose on defense? I don't think so. So, yeah, watch it closely. We, you might get one of these little two-week Cody Zeller pushes. And if you do, might as well hop on it. Milwaukee, Bobby Portis, Giannis, that whole thing. Pretty simple there. Spurs, nothing. Denver, nothing. Washington, basically nothing. Bradley Beal is probable. So then you're... It's really about Davis Breton's minutes. That's, what, that's the one thing I think you can pay attention to there. Warriors, nothing. I don't care that James Wiseman's playing a little bit more. His fantasy game's not there yet, and I don't think it will be this season. So you can probably just tune that situation out. Houston, with no John Wall, the question, I guess, is who gets slotted in. My guess would be Kevin Porter Jr. slides down to play point guard, and then you see a whole bunch of someone like a Sterling Brown, or maybe even an Avery Bradley if he's healthy enough to play. Clippers... 
meh. Marcus Morris, probably streamer territories we talked about earlier. I mean, they've really kind of pared themselves down to the two superstars and maybe Evita Zubats these days. Turning towards Saturday, Toronto. It's all about who's playing. Freddie Van Fleet, we know, got sus- is going to be suspended, so I don't think he can even play in this ballgame. So, screw it. We got a day in advance. We can pretty much tell you Malachi Flynn's going to get one more good ball game under his belt. After that, we don't know. But he's probably been added in pretty much every fantasy league because he's been so crazy hot in his fill-in point guard role. Can't believe he wouldn't be. So, yeah. We, I mean, whatever. Cleveland, uh, we just keep waiting on the centers. Larry Nance, still not without a timetable. Jared Allen, still not without a timetable. Uh, or not without. That's redundant. They are without a timetable. Sorry. Uh, Kevin Love ramping up here, oddly enough. Go figure. Torian Prince, same deal. Lakers, maybe if Kuzma plays, that would be interesting. You know, LeBron had a cryptic Instagram message from uh, the last 24 hours that seemed to hint that he and AD weren't that far away. It seemed to also coincide with LeBron getting out of the walking boot. Jared Dudley went on a local radio show and talked about AD probably being back within the next two weeks, which actually isn't all that far away from me four days ago saying I thought he'd be back within two weeks. So maybe I'm off by four days. Either way, uh, that gives them, what, one, two, about three weeks of Anthony Davis before the playoffs? Oh, boy. Puts him back right before a lot of head-to-head playoffs start. Man, that's a roll of the dice. Woo-wee, that's a roll of the dice. Um, Brooklyn, meh. Not a whole lot to keep tabs on there. Sacramento, does anything change with the Kings? Like, at some point, do they throw in the towel here? I don't even know who they'd play if they threw in the towel. Utah, nothing. Talked about Philly already. Oklahoma City, there's a lot of injury stuff going on there. Until it turns, it's pretty much what we talked about during our weekend review stuff. You probably start Moses Brown. You probably start Alexei Pokashevsky. You maybe start the Omaladone. And that's probably as far as you go. Detroit. Okay, Detroit. I, I don't... You're going to find out this is part of a back-to-back for the Pistons. So we'll find out hopefully ahead of time tomorrow, Saturday... Who's resting? Is Ellington going to take a night off? Is Diallo going to take a night off? Will Hayes sit one out? Is Plumlee going to sit one out? If they do, you can make some pretty educated moves on who to drop into your lineup. One thing that's good is that we talked about Isaiah Stewart a bunch earlier this year. The good thing about Isaiah Stewart is that he's going to play both halves of back-to-backs. One half of the back-to-back, he'll probably play about 28 minutes. And then if Plumlee's in the other one, yeah, maybe it gets dialed back to like 21, 22 uh, but you can probably bank on him averaging about 25 minutes a game in that back-to-back, so he's probably good to go over the weekend. But then the other guys are all a real mishmash. Like, Dennis Smith Jr. might sit out a half. Hayes, Diallo, all of those guys might sit out half of the back-to-back, and that makes it really difficult to roster any of them for now. Portland, you'll just watch the Nurkic minutes cap, and then uh, nothing else to profile on Saturday. And then we play the game we play on Mondays, which is, is there anybody that didn't go the first two days we talked about? <laughs> I think the answer is no, but there's always someone. Something always surfaces 
on, on reverse chronological lightning around Mondays, it's going backwards. We look at Sunday and Saturday, and then I'm always like, hey, did anybody not play Saturday or Sunday? And then here on Fridays, it's, hey, did anybody not play Friday or Saturday? So a very quick glance at Sunday would reveal to us that no. I think, every, I think we covered everybody. Maybe Dallas, but there's not a whole lot going on there outside of a couple of streaming dudes. And Miami. Miami's the other one. So, uh, we'll get a report on Victor Oladipo. If he sits, it doesn't change all that much for them anyway. And I think that's about it. So quick reminder here. Quick reminder. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. Give us a five star. Would love you forever. Go to hoop-ball.com and please do check out the Fantasy Pass or the Wager Pass. And if you like them both together, there's the HoopBall360. That's actually both of those things at a $2 a month discount. Fantasy Pass, again, is just $4.99 a month. This is a great time to demo it and let the pros guide you to your fantasy championship right here at the end of the year. And then the Wager Pass, you can let that bad boy roll all season, all year long, because we got baseball bets, we got Masters bets, we got NBA bets right now. As soon as football creeps back up, we'll have those in there. College and pro we got it all, man. We got it all. We got props. That's the wager pass at $9.99 a month. And, like, this is the time, guys. If you've been thinking about getting into sports betting, it's the perfect time to do it. Just put, like, $10 on games. And, by the way, all you have to do then is win to be up one unit, one bet, at the end of each month, and the wager pass will play, pay for itself. Meanwhile... My bookie, a couple times every year, has these odds boost things where, you know, many of us that have been doing it for a year, we're up $400, $500 just on odds boosts from playing basically freebies at my bookie, but are not, they're not promo bucks. They're real dollars. I did it, and then I cashed out 200 of that 400 bucks. Spent that on other stuff in my life. So you really got to get in. Please stop waiting, people. Please stop waiting. Do not miss the next odds boost. Do not miss the hoop ball wager pass. Do not miss the next winner from our guys. We're all up. That's the beauty part. If you bet small and smart, we're all up. I can tell you myself, actually, this year. I've tracked every single wager I've made this season. 131 and 122, and we're up eight units. Okay? It's not, it's not fabulous, but, you know, three and a half months. That's more than paid for itself, and that's just me. I'm just one of nine handicappers in the wager pass. Anyway, you guys have listened to enough of this stuff. MyBookie.ag, promo code HoopBall. I am Dan Vespers, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, or just find me in the description of this podcast. Would love to talk to you on social. We're doing a lot of uh, studies on social media these days in terms of kind of how people evaluate talent. And it's important to get it on Twitter because it's not just you guys listening to me on the pod who probably tend to then think the way I think. We need to know what everybody else is thinking out there. That's how we can make our moves. And it's going to be really helpful for next year. Have a great weekend, everybody. Reverse chronological lightning round. First thing Monday morning. You know how it goes. Good luck. If your playoffs are kicking off. If not, still good luck. Let's win. See you later, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.